This is day 67 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 2 Kings chapters 18 through 22. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your mercies that are fresh every morning and the joy of our salvation that you put into our hearts. Lord, that we have that longing to please you and to do your will. That you would give that to us every day of our lives and that we would cast aside everything that distracts us from that. Lord, that we would pursue your righteousness and your will at the forefront of all of our intentions and our desires. Thank you for this time, Lord, as we go into your word, that you would give us peace and that you would give us inspiration and wisdom through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it came about in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. He was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made, for until those days the sons of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. For he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wherever he went, he prospered. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory, from watchtower to fortified city. Now in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. At the end of three years, they captured it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, which was the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was captured. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away into exile into Assyria and put them in Halah and on the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant. Even all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded, they would neither listen nor do it. Now in the fourteenth year of Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, went to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. So the king of Assyria required of Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. Hezekiah gave him all the silver which was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord, 
and from the doorposts which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid, and gave it to the king of Assyria. Then the king of Assyria sent Tartan, and Rabsaris, and Rabshakeh, from Lachish, to king Hezekiah, with a large army to Jerusalem. So they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they went up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is on the highway of the fuller's field. When they called to the king, Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. Then Rabshakeh said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What is this confidence that you have? You say, but they are only empty words, I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom do you rely that you have rebelled against me? Now behold, you rely on the staff of this crushed reed, even on Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who rely on him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away, and has said to Judah and to Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore, come, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you two thousand horses, if you are able on your part to set riders on them. How then can you repulse one official of the least of my master's servants, and rely on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord's approval against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against the land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and Shebna and Joah said to Rabshakeh, Speak now to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak with us in Judean, in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me only to your master, and to you to speak these words, and not to the men who sit on the wall, doomed to eat their own dung, and drink their own urine with you? Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in Judean, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you from my hand, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me, and eat each of his vine, and eat each of his fig tree, and drink each of the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, that you may live and not die. Do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you, saying, 
the Lord will deliver us. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva? Have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of the land have delivered their land from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But the people were silent and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and told him the words of Rabshakeh. And when King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and entered the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, with Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, rebuke, and rejection. For children have come to birth, and there is no strength to deliver. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent, to reproach the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, offer a prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land. And I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Then Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna, for he had heard that the king had left Lachish. When he heard them say concerning Tirhakah, king of Cush, Behold, he has come out to fight against you. He sent messengers again to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you, saying, Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, destroying them completely. So will you be spared? Do the gods of those nations which my fathers destroyed deliver them, even Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the sons of Eden, who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath? the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharvaim, and of Hena, and Eva. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, 
You are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And listen to the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. But they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord our God, I pray, deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Then Isaiah the son of Amoz sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard you. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. She has despised you and mocked you, the virgin daughter of Zion. She has taken her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? And against whom have you raised your voice and haughtily lifted up your eyes? Against the Holy One of Israel. Through your messengers you have reproached the Lord, and you have said, With my many chariots I came up to the heights of the mountains, to the remotest parts of Lebanon. And I cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypresses, and I entered its farthest lodging place, its thickest forest. I dug wells and drank foreign waters, and with the sole of my feet I dried up all the rivers of Egypt. Have you not heard? Long ago I did it. From ancient times I planned it. Now I have brought it to pass, that you should turn fortified cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore their inhabitants were short of strength, they were dismayed and put to shame. They were as the vegetation of the field and as the green herb, as grass on the housetops is scorched before it is grown up. But I know you're sitting down, and you're going out, and you're coming in, and you're raging against me. Because of your raging against me, and because your arrogance has come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips. And I will turn you back by the way which you came. And this shall be the sign for you. You will eat this year what grows of itself. In the second year, what springs from the same. And in the third year, sow, reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. The surviving remnant of the house of Judah will again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem will go forth a remnant, and out of Mount Zion survivors. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He will not come to this city or shoot an arrow there, and he will not come before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, by the same he will return and he shall not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city, 
to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men rose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home, and lived at Nineveh. It came about as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Sherezer killed him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esaradon, his son, became king in his place. In those days Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return, and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of your father, David, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add fifteen years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then Isaiah said, Take a cake of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Now Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or go back ten steps? So Hezekiah answered, It is easy for the shadow to decline ten steps. No, but let the shadow turn backward ten steps. Isaiah the prophet cried to the Lord, and he brought the shadow on the stairway back ten steps, by which it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. At that time, Baradak Baladan, a son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah listened to them and showed them all his treasure house, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oil and the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show him. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where have they come to you? And Hezekiah said, 
They have come from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasuries that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Some of your sons who shall issue from you, whom you will beget, will be taken away, and they will become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he thought, Is it not so, if there will be peace and truth in my days? Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made the pool and the conduit, and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh, his son, became king in his place. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hephzibah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places, which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he erected altars for Baal, and made an Asherah, as Ahab king of Israel had done, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. He built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. For he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He made his son pass through the fire, practiced witchcraft, and used divination, and dealt with mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Then he set the carved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which the Lord said to David and to his son Solomon, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land which I gave their fathers, if only they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen, and Manasseh seduced them to do evil more than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the sons of Israel. Now the Lord spoke through his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, having done wickedly more than all the Amorites did before them, and he has made Judah sin with his idols, Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity on Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. I will stretch over Jerusalem 
the line of Samaria, and the plummet of the house of Ahab. And I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will abandon the remnant of my inheritance, and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they will become as plunder and spoil to all their enemies, because they have done evil in my sight, and have been provoking me to anger since the day their fathers came from Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood until he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another, besides his sin with which he made Judah sin, in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did, and his sin which he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house, in the garden of Uzzah. And Ammon, his son, became king in his place. Ammon was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haruz of Jotbah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh his father had done. For he walked in all the way that his father had walked, and served the idols that his father had served, and worshipped them. So he forsook the Lord, the God of Israel, and did not walk in the way of the Lord. The servants of Ammon conspired against him, and killed the king in his own house. Then the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? He was buried in his grave in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah, his son, became king in his place. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned thirty-one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jadida, the daughter of Adiah of Bothskath. He did right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of his father David, nor did he turn aside to the right or to the left. Now in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money brought in to the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people. Let them deliver it into the hand of the workmen, who have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the workmen who are in the house of the Lord, to repair the damages of the house, to the carpenters, and the builders, and the masons, and for buying timber and hewn stone to repair the house. Only no accounting shall be made with them for the money delivered into their hands, for they deal faithfully. Then Hilkiah the high priest sent to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law, in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah 
gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought back word to the king and said, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who had the oversight of the house of the Lord. Moreover, Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Achbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asiah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and the people and all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us, because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Achbor, Shaphan, and Asiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter. And they spoke to her. She said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I bring evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands? Therefore my wrath burns against this place, and it shall not be quenched. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. Based on what we read today, I hereby call this era the yo-yo era. Why? Because it starts at a very high note, then it goes really low, darkest it has ever been in Judah, and then it goes back to a very high note. So we start with King Hezekiah. And again, it starts off with how long he's been king, to who his mother is, and then it gives the synopsis of his reign. Did he do evil or did he do right? And it says that he did right. Now what's important is that it also adds this little statement at the end. According to all that his father David had done. Now in God's eyes, David is the pinnacle. He is the standard. 
by which all kings are compared to. Why? Because David was known for being what? A man after God's own heart. And so if a man or a king is compared to David, then that means that that man was also like David, that he was a man after God's own heart and desired to do everything that God wanted in order to please him. So Hezekiah was a man just like this. And this is the first king of Judah who finally did what the other ones could not, even as far back as, as King Asa. The high places were finally torn down. The sacred pillars were finally destroyed. Not only that, but it also says that the bronze serpent is still around. This is the same bronze serpent that was in the desert when Moses made it, that if they looked at it after being bitten by the flaming serpents, that they would be healed. This was the same artifact. And this was almost 700 years after that. And apparently, because of the power that was demonstrated through this serpent, people got the wrong idea of this serpent. They saw it as a, an idol of healing, that if you prayed to it and worshipped it, that you would receive healing. And so obviously the bronze serpent became a form of idolatry. And so he smashed it into pieces. Now, the bronze serpent was on a pole, wrapped around the pole, and it had the figure of a serpent. Where have we seen that before? Isn't that the same symbol that we see on medical buildings? What we call the cadesis? That is exactly what it's based off of, actually. The cadesis is based off of the bronze serpent of the Bible because of healing, right? And that's what the medical profession is. It's a profession of healing. So there's no coincidence in that. So he trusted in the Lord, and there was no other king that trusted him like him. And it said that everything that he did, he prospered in because the Lord was with him. Because he clung to the Lord, and he did not depart from following him. So that is the key. And this is exactly what God has been saying over and over and over, especially in the Law of Moses. That if you do not turn to the right or turn to the left. In other words, you do not deviate, you do not get distracted from following me. Everything you do will prosper. And Hezekiah is no exception to this, because he has an extremely successful time in dealing with Assyria. All the odds were against him. The king of Assyria was a very threatening man. He was the greatest power in his time. Not only that, but Hezekiah knows that the northern kingdom of Israel had already been taken into exile. And so anyone would be afraid of Assyria, but yet he trusted in the Lord. But not only that, but not only because Hezekiah, the king of Judah, trusted in the Lord, did God take action, but also for his namesake, like God says, to defend his own name, he did it. Why? Because the king of Assyria had sent messengers to the people of Judah, threatening them and mocking the Lord. They mocked him so severely and profaned his name that God had, he had to take action. 
He was provoked to anger. He was mocked. He was thought to be insignificant. They said, well, we've conquered all these other places, and they had gods. Who's to say that your god's going to do anything? He's nothing. And so this king was so arrogant because he was such a conqueror. He messed with the wrong god. (laughs) He messed with the wrong deity. And in fact, he's the only one. All these other ones were conquered because they did not believe in the Lord God of Israel. Because they were false gods. But this is the real deal, and they messed with the wrong God. But you see that Hezekiah kept telling the people to trust in the Lord the whole time. And he took the, and what I liked what he did when he got the letter from the king, Sennacherib, and he spread it out before the Lord and he prayed over it as if that posture of casting, you know, kind of like you'd see in the New Testament, cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. Take my yoke for it is light, right? That's what Jesus says. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so he spreads it out before the Lord. Read this, Lord. Look what they're saying about you. And then the Lord speaks through Isaiah, the son of Amoz. This is the same Isaiah that wrote the book of Isaiah. And God pronounces judgment against the king of Assyria, as well as that he will, against all odds, he will save Jerusalem. And he did. And it was amazing how he did it. Now, it doesn't go very descriptive on purpose, but it also isn't something that we should exalt as its own interesting thing. I only say this because there's so many people that take this into a different level that it should be and want to know how he killed them, why, you know, in what manner he killed them. And none of that matters. The thing that overarching thing that truly matters about this is that the Lord did what he said he was going to do. This was something that only a God could do, the God could do. And he rescued his faithful people. In one night, the angel of the Lord destroyed 185,000 people. That is spectacular, what he did. Not only that, but he pronounced his judgment against Sennacherib, and he was murdered in his own idolatrous temple. So he had what was coming to him. So let's not dwell too much on the 185,000 Assyrians that were murdered in God's vengeance. Because that is... Because we can go into, oh, you know, what kind of an angel was it? Well, how did he do it? None of that really matters. What really matters is that the Lord was vindicated and he defended his name, and he defended his righteous people. That's what's truly important. Then we come to chapter 20, where Hezekiah is about to die. And God says, you know, get your stuff together, because you're going to die. And he prayed, saying, be faithful to me. Lord, I have been faithful to you. I don't want to die yet. And this is a rare time that God responded, saying, I heard you. I saw your tears, and I'm going to heal you. I'm actually going to add 15 years to your life. 
And we don't know exactly what he was sick with, but he did have some sort of boils. It was might have been like an infection or something that was healed, and then he was able to survive from it. And then what Hezekiah asks for is a sign that this is really going to happen. And this miracle is also shown in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31. And he says, what do you want the Lord to do? The shadow to go forward 10 steps or to go back 10 steps? And what are we talking about here? We're talking about how, kind of like a sundial, you know, how they would tell time in the old days is with the, you know, looking at the patterns of the sun, looking at a sundial to see what time it was. And at certain times of the day, this, this, these particular stairs would be lit up in a certain way. And the normal flow of the sun would be, it would rise in the east and set in the west, right? So the shadows would move in a particular way as they normally would. So Hezekiah said, well, that's normal. I mean, if, the, if he's going to move the shadows the normal way, well, that, anybody can do that. that that's normal. What if he did it backwards? As if time was going backwards. And so Isaiah prayed, and the shadow retreated 12 steps. It went backwards, almost as if God reversed the earth's rotation. We don't think, I don't think he did. I think this is a localized miracle, just a manipulation of the shadows, because the whole world would have been affected by this. And people would have, other people would have noticed throughout the world that this had happened. But we don't see that recorded in any other extra-biblical sources. There are a lot of extra-biblical sources about that one day that Joshua prayed for the sun to stay in the sky 24 more hours. That was elsewhere. There's literature based off of the flood of Noah. There's literature about Joseph whenever he was prince over Egypt. You know, there's things like that that exist outside the Bible that prove these things were true. But in this case, there is no documentation that we have found yet that says that this was a global event. So I personally believe this was just a localized event to prove his faithfulness to Hezekiah. But I could be wrong. But then you see what Hezekiah does with these 15 years. And it will make you ask some really hard questions, and I'll get to that here in a minute. But there's two things that Hezekiah did that changed the entire course of, Israel, of Judah's history from here on with those extra 15 years of life that he was given. During those 15 years, two things happened. One was he got visited by Babylon. And foolishly, in his arrogance, he showed them everything that he had. Why? I don't know, except to show off his pride. And then Isaiah is upset with him, and the Lord declared to him, Well, you showed everything to Babylon. Guess what? In the future, the entire nation is going to be carried out into Babylon. Congratulations. And Hezekiah is like, Well, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, so... Uh, sounds good to me. How selfish is that, right? Because he got those extra 15 years of life. 
But then you see after Hezekiah dies, he has a son named Manasseh, who was 12 years old when he became king. So what does that mean? That means that he was born three years after his life was extended. Okay? So if Hezekiah had died when he was originally going to die, Manasseh would never have been born. And I say this because, like it said, he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem and he was the most evil king that they had ever had. There's a whole sermon we could do about this, but why did God do it like this? Why did God allow Hezekiah to have his life extended and in exchange caused 55 years of misery for Israel? That's hard to say. But obviously what God did he knew what he was doing. Because remember, God establishes all authority. And everything happens according to the Lord's will. So whether we understand it or not, because I, when I used to look at this, I used to say, Lord, why? That's not fair. Why would you reward Hezekiah and then punish the people for 55 years? It's kind of like, Lord, why did you allow Hitler to come into power? Why did you allow Stalin to come into power? Why did you allow Genghis Khan to come into power? These evil people, these conquerors, these people that just wanted to wipe people out. Why did you allow this? And sometimes we don't understand. But all things have a reason. And God is not evil, nor does he cause evil. But sometimes he will use evil to accomplish his good. And it might be a long time before we see the result of that. We don't know what it would have been like if there was no Hitler. And in this case, we have no idea what Judah would look like if there was no Manasseh. But these things had to take place because God established it as such. And we have to trust God through this process. In the middle of these 55 years, it may have been very hard to understand that. But the Lord knew exactly what he was doing, and we have to have faith in why he did it. There was no doubt Manasseh was the most evil king they ever had. But without such evil in the land, it would not have made the time of Josiah significant. And remember, this Josiah was prophesied hundreds of years in advance. He was a promised king. And he was going to do something fantastic in the name of the Lord. He was going to be like his ancestor, Hezekiah. So again, we see this example like we saw with King Asa. right? King Asa was raised by evil kings before him. Josiah was eight years old when he took the throne. And before him, his grandfather, Manasseh, the only influence he ever knew, he was the most vile of kings. And yet, he did not let that define him, right? Just because some people grow up in a Christian household doesn't mean they're going to be good Christians. Just because you grow up in a foster home or in an orphanage or in 
with drug addicted parents doesn't mean you're going to absolutely mean you're going to be bad. Doesn't mean that you are doomed for the rest of your life to follow in their footsteps. If anything, God's providence is so clear in this that we do not let our circumstances define us. God has a specific purpose for people. And we don't let the circumstances define us. We let the Lord define us. And don't ever forget that, because it's never hopeless. And there's nothing that you can do that God is not in control. He causes all things to happen for his good, for our good, and for his glory. Even evil. And don't we know it that hardships and and difficulties and pain, they shape us. They make us stronger. And sometimes those things are necessary in order for us to be useful to the Lord. So see it like that rather than seeing God as unfair or unjust, which he is not. Because in our standards, he may seem that way. But we are so short-sighted in those judgments. We have no business addressing the Lord God that way. So we saw the beginning of Josiah. They didn't even know the law of the Lord because it was lost to them. But then they found it in the temple. And when they read it, they were convicted by the word of God. And Josiah wanted to do things the right way. And so they sought out a prophetess, Huldah. And she said that she that God is going to bring the calamity that he has declared. He's not going to change his mind on it. God does not change his mind. But he will hold it back. He will not do it during Josiah's time because Josiah was faithful and it pleased him. And then we're going to see tomorrow all the things that Josiah did in order to cleanse the kingdom of Judah from all the evil that his ancestors had done and do things the right way. And then we will be finishing the book of 2 Kings tomorrow and going into 1 Chronicles. So until then, that's all I have. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time. Take care and God bless you.